It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I do welcome you once again to another Estate Planning Essentials program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., sitting here with Michael Cohen, and we are continuously, once again, strategically seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I say hello to you, Michael Cohen. How are you, sir? Very well. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, Today, the topic of the day is IRAs, Individual Retirement Accounts. I've never owned one. I know nothing about them. Uh, I believe in other investments, but that's an important one. And you said before the show, other than someone's home, that may be the largest asset people own. And you want to address that today and changes that have happened and making certain that, as usual, our audience strategically protects this important asset. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. And the reason why I thought it would be important to talk about, because there seems to be uh, a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that people don't know about IRAs and uh, and things that sometimes are even different from state to state. Uh, so I thought I should talk about a few of those different things uh, because, I don't know, maybe some people might learn something here today. First of all, an individual retirement account, as most people are aware, uh, is that, first of all, individual. A lot of people think it's, they tell me, oh, I have a joint one with my spouse. No, it's an individual retirement account. So it's in one person's name. They may have a community property interest in it, but it's an individual retirement account. Um, You know, when can you, as you know, Congress wanted to uh, encourage people to save for retirement. So this, uh, whatever you put in this IRA could grow tax deferred. Doesn't mean that you don't ever have to pay taxes. Tax deferred until you take it out. If you take it out too early, before age 59 and a half, then there's a, what's called an excise tax of 10%. So you have, not only you have to pay the tax on the income, but you also have this extra 10% tax. Uh, if you do not take it out, uh, you have to start taking it out, depending on when your date of birth. If you were uh, 70 and a half before January 1st, 2020, and you had to start taking it out when you were 70 and a half, the year that um, after you become 70 and a half. If uh, you don't, you were not 70 and a half by January 1st, 2020, then you have to start taking out the year after you were 72. Um, so um, now, if you don't take it out then, by the way, uh, then you have a excise tax of 50%. So Sometimes we'll run across some people that never take out, and they say, uh-oh, you're going to have this big old tax. Right. Now, one other thing that people are often unaware of is on the credit protection side. 
on credit protection, uh, there's, we have some good news here in Texas that we can't say is the case in a lot of states. Not only is a, if somebody had to declare bankruptcy or something like that, the IRA uh, has protection for you during your lifetime. And in Texas, unlike the majority of states, even if your child inherits the IRA, uh, then that IRA is protected from creditors. So you have to have a state law, and Texas does, that allows the protection of the beneficiary uh, of the inherited IRA, unlike the majority of states. Uh, there was this court case several years back that uh, no longer, previously it did get protect. there was protection in most states, but then there was a court decision that said, oh, only if your state says something. And Texas does. So the good news is we have credit protection. Now, a lot of times um, people had trust as beneficiaries of IRAs. Now, one of the big mistakes, by the way, that people make is they say, oh, I'm going to take out of my I'm going to put my IRA into, let's say, a revocable trust. What happens there? Well, then that would be income tax because you took out of the IRA. So you usually don't put uh, an IRA into a trust unless you want to pay a lot of taxes up front. Uh, and most people want to defer their taxes. That was the whole idea. Although uh, some people, if you're going to live for a while, um, they may want to convert to a Roth so that the money grows um, after you pay the tax, and the reason is if there is continued growth, then there could be a big old income tax uh, later down the road, and that gets into other tax planning issues. But, um, you know, it gets to also a situation, since the law changed with the SECURE Act in 2020, that a lot of the different planning that people did prior to 2020 is now had to be changed. So, for example, uh, let's say that you had um, you, you named a revocable trust. Well, you could have had uh, the beneficiaries. The let's say you had a child as a uh, a beneficiary, and you had even a trust for that child that you wanted to stretch out that IRA over their life expectancy before the law changed. There was a way to do that, and the reason why you'd have that trust as a beneficiary, let's say you had a trust within the trust, or it could be a trust within a will for that matter, uh, the, uh, if you had the proper language, then they could still stretch it over their life expectancy. Of course, uh, you would also protect against a, a child's marital problems or that they may give everything to their spouse, and you would have rather go to the grandchildren, but they changed the law and said that everything has to be taken out within 10 years. Well, then that kind of uh, kind of puts a little damage into, there's a couple reasons why this creates damage. Uh, number one, uh, the if you have a trust within your estate planning documents, whether it be a trust within a will or a trust within a trust, where your IRA is the beneficiary, the trust tax rate uh, is a higher rate, hmm. and and also you have to take out within 10 years. So hmm. if you had to take out within 10 years, then that's going to mean the creditors might be able to get to the money quicker uh, and and 
not to mention uh, if the money is in, even though it might be considered um, separate property, there's always the issue about how divorce attorneys try to go after assets. So um, the uh, the law change created a uh, more of a something that you have to discuss, and that is how much kind of credit protection do you want? Are there different things that you could do? And also, because uh, the, there's now this big old income tax when you take it out, or if it stays within the trust. In other words, to give you an example of the trust tax rate on income that exceeds, I think it's about 13700 I'm not got the exact amount, but on income that exceeds that, you're taxed at a 37% tax rate, whereas the individual, I believe, it doesn't hit to that level until you get about four hundred forty-five thousand dollars. Wow! So you have, so you have, if you had, if on planning that had been done prior to 2020, if you had your IRA go to a trust, let's say for a child to protect them, in some, in most states, from creditors or bad marriages or a spouse remarrying then the you had the ability to protect all those different re, for all those different reasons but now if you have to take out within 10 years well if you don't take out let's say you keep it inside the trust then the uh, money is taxed at a high rate and if you do take it out so in other words there's two different types of provisions inside the trust I'm sorry to get technical here one's called a conduit and one's called accumulation uh, if you have a conduit and you force it to be taken out, well, now it could be subject to that person's creditors when there's a distribution, or it could be a problem perhaps in a marital situation. Uh, so now the decisions on how you have it go to whomever may have you may have to rethink those type of things uh, because uh, you would want to perhaps take advantage of other options depending on the size of the IRA. So, for example, if you thought that one person in particular um, may have an issue, uh, you could do, well, you, you look first of all to see if there's other uh, options where you could still stretch the um, retirement account over that person's life expectancy. There's really only five options under the SECURE Act where you could still stretch instead of taking it out within 10 years and getting taxed quicker. That is a surviving spouse, so that hadn't changed. So they often do what's called a rollover, although that may not be necessarily a good idea either. Uh, so sometimes you, uh, because if the spouse doesn't need all the money, a lot of times spouses do that automatically. A lot of times they're given that option automatically. But let's say you don't need all that income, and maybe one of the children... Uh, are at a lower tax bracket, well, you may do what's called a disclaimer or a partial disclaimer. <laughs> so you could disclaim the portion, the money that you don't need. You have to do this you know, after somebody dies within a certain mm -hmm. period of time. And then now we could disclaim it to go to the uh, person who has a lower tax bracket so there would be less um, income taxes. So there's two different things. There's estate taxes and income taxes. And on the estate tax issue, it's not generally uh, a, an, an issue if you're unless you have a large estate because the estate tax limit is $12,060,000, and most people don't have that large of an estate. Um, 
where it becomes that. But that doesn't mean that there's not income tax, because remember, it's that tax deferral. Some At some point, whenever the IRA is withdrawn, uh, there's a withdrawal, and that's when there's that income tax to the individual. Well, anyway, so sometimes if you uh, have a spouse as the only beneficiary, maybe uh, you know that spouse, if they don't need as much of that money, they could do a, um, a disclaimer on all or part of that. Problem is with that is while you know most spouses and many planners would not know that you could have that option of a disclaimer. If you wait too long, then you've lost your window of opportunity. So it could be that if you have a large IRA, you may name more than one beneficiary and have a certain percentages, uh, or could do other types of things uh, uh, like charitable remainder trust, which I guess I could talk about in a minute. Uh, but anyway, you can name more than one person or rely upon the spouse to do a partial disclaimer or a full disclaimer if they don't need the money to lower it to a lower tax bracket. Uh, so anyway, a surviving spouse can still stretch over their life expectancy. A Somebody that's less than 10 years of age difference uh, from the one who owns the IRA. So let's say you have a sibling and you wanted to, you didn't have, Let's say you didn't have children, you want to go to a sibling, or maybe you have a significant other, uh, perhaps, and you wanted that person to be the beneficiary. Um, it just reminds me, though, I was talking to somebody this week that there's two different charts on a spouse, by the way, and there's one that has a larger stretch. So I had a, uh, if, if you're more than 10 years difference in age from the, your spouse, I had somebody come in this week that was her. She was 13 years younger than her spouse. Her husband was 95 and she was 82. I said, you may not remember all these different types of tax things that I'm telling you about, which I realize even what I'm talking about today is kind of complicated. I said, but you'll probably remember the one thing I'm going to tell you. Because you have a larger larger stretch stretch under the uh, Internal Revenue Code, uh, you are known as the trophy wife exception. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the 82-year-old agreed that she will not remember all the different tax things that we're talking about, but she will remember that she's the trophy wife. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but she's not going to forget it. So that's very funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, you could have somebody less than 10 years of age difference. Uh, so if you, like I said, they could still stretch. Uh, if you have a child not a grandchild, who is a minor, uh, or uh, then they can also stretch until they reach age majority, and then they have to take it out within 10 years. Uh, and then if somebody is disabled or chronically ill, then there still could be a stretch. So a lot of times what people do is try to uh, maybe instead of having it the way they had it originally, they may name one of the people who they could stretch to. So, for example, if you had two children and one was disabled and the other one wasn't, you would give more or all of the IRA to the disabled beneficiary because they could still stretch over their life expectancy so the money grows tax-deferred. And the problem with that is that you have to make sure that uh, the that the child is not on public benefits that that 
distribution could be made that would jeopardize, let's say, Medicaid because there would be too much income. So you have to put in an accumulation provision so you can still stretch, but the money grows as the money grows tax-deferred and not have that distribution of income, which would jeopardize the Medicaid or whatever the public benefit might be because there wouldn't be that income to the beneficiary, which is one of the requirements for eligibility. So you see it gets kind of complicated here. I apologize. But so you might want to put those different types of things. Uh, you might consider these things, especially after the law change, that the things that were done prior to 2020 have to be reevaluated. Uh, yesterday, I even had uh, somebody in from the American Cancer Society. We were talking about charitable remainder trust, uh, charitable remainder trust. Uh, you could still take advantage of the stretch uh, because uh, uh, it been going to a charity. So in other words, let's say you were concerned about a stretch uh, to maybe to have it go over a longer period of time for the, let's say for a child. So let's say uh, that uh, I had a child named Wendy, and let's say that I wanted her, uh, after my wife died, to get um, this, uh, instead of having to take it out within 10 years, let's say that I had my beneficiary be this charitable remainder trust. If I had to go to the charitable remainder trust, there would be some requirements that, let's say, um, let's say we said in the trust that Wendy gets 5% of whatever's left in the IRA each year for the remainder of her life. Hmm. The charity would have to get a certain amount. Uh, there will be the remainder beneficiary. So uh, as a result, um, the, um, the, there will be the stretch. The money will go over a longer period of time. It does give credit protection. And then whether it's to a church or a charity, uh, uh, whomever, the, basically the, uh, you may even get uh, the income could be there, – there could be some offsets under a state tax if there was any estate tax, if you had a larger estate because of the charitable deduction. Uh, and yet the, you benefit your kid over a longer period of time because the money – you would do some calculations to see whether it made sense if the person actually gets more money than if he would have just – he or she would have gotten it within 10 years because there's less taxes and the money grows tax-deferred. Uh, and so, and also would give that credit protection because it would be in an, an irrevocable trust. If you had a beneficiary be a revocable trust, uh, obviously the laws have changed, and so we can't identify the beneficiaries. You would lose a credit protection. If you name an irrevocable trust, it would have credit protection uh, wherever you go, but then the problem is that you have to take out within 10 years, and the trust tax rate is different unless it's something like a charitable remainder trust. <laughs> I know this is a lot of a lot of information, a lot of tax um, uh, details, and I know it gets kind of complicated. And I'm I don't make the laws. I'm just trying to tell y'all to what uh, you know that there's different options that people have to consider when they deal with an IRA. Of course, if it's if it's not that much, then you know, it's, it's less of an issue, but the larger that the IRA becomes, the more of a, um, well, the more planning has to be considered. 
You know, so a lot of people that we had uh, had as a beneficiary, let's say they named their child as the beneficiary of an irrevocable trust within their will or trust. After the SECURE Act, we said, okay, what's more important to you? Is it paying less taxes or protecting your child from their spouse? Uh, you know, that type of thing. And see if we had to revisit that. And then you also have to see if people are charitably inclined, uh, you know, what their goals are. So everybody's situation is different, and you have to consider all those options when you, uh, whenever you do your planning. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that uh, something as simple as that when you are required to have uh, minimum distributions, that if you wanted to, let's say, give to your favorite church or <clears throat> charity, then instead of having to pay the having the distribution to yourself and paying income tax and then giving to the charity to the extent that you want to give the charity, let's say you tithe or whatever, then instead of it going to you first and then giving to the church, uh, you have it go from directly from uh, your IRA to the church or charity, and you will not be paying income tax provided it's less than 100000 Most people don't give that much. <laughs> uh, so... So you could have it go directly to the church or charity and not have to pay income tax on that uh, gift. So that's a, another tax planning tip that a lot of people are, are not aware of. That you know, So there's all these different planning options with IRAs that uh, a lot of people don't consider when thinking about their estate planning. But they can't consider them because they don't know them, and you do. And I know without sitting there with you, because we're on the phone still, um, COVID two years later, that um, you, you have this memorized. You know this like your daughter's first name, like you know anything in life. And it just amazes me how complicated this can be. I want to change the program to estate planning complications or estate planning strategies instead of uh, essentials, because this is what you do, and this is what the audience has to know. And it, it can be um, fascinating, if not dizzying sometimes, because there's so much to know. But thank God for people like you who are experts in this area, who can guide and direct the KAAM audience. And um, I think we all need more guidance if we have an IRA to make sure that it's protected at all times, that the money in it is going to go to the right people while the owner of that IRA is alive and after they pass away. The way to make sure that, that happens, that you control every penny in that IRA, is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is online via Zoom. You never have to leave your home, so they're very convenient for anybody. And that's on Tuesday, March the 22nd at 1 o'clock. It's an estate planning essentials workshop. So there's a small presentation from Michael in the beginning, and then it just goes around the Zoom room and ask people questions. And it's very simple in terms of signing up. It's very simple to connect to it, a couple clicks and you're there. And then Michael will give you the opportunity to ask a question for free um, that relates to your individual circumstances. And you'll see once again, not from just this program or the program that he's done in the past for five or 10 years, how uh, knowledgeable and committed he is to these topics so that our listeners have their money and their assets protected and distributed the way they want after they pass away. So, Michael, a little bit more about the workshop, please. As you said, it's absolutely free. Uh, it's no, you just could just click on from wherever you are at your home or wherever you reside. And 
we ask people what they want to know about, it could be about state planning, it could be about Medicaid, it could be about veterans benefits, it could be about probate, about wills, trust, anything regarding estate planning. By the way, I, I don't think I've really ever had, and, and I've been doing these workshops for uh, over nine years now, I don't think that I've ever had anybody ask very many questions about retirement accounts that we're talking about here today. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And, but I just thought, you know, here we have uh, next month uh, your incomes taxes are coming due, and, uh, right. you know, a lot of people have their mind focused on taxes. And I thought, well, this is something that a lot of people – and I get a lot of questions uh, at the office. They say, oh, let's say you do a trust. They say, oh, I'm going to put my IRA into a trust. I say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll explain why. And, or the people we've done planning for in the past and the laws change, you know uh, – you know, if you had some old documents, then laws change, and you have to plan. Uh, once you may have to have revisit what you've done before. Right. So we, that's like I was saying before. Oh, is it now because the law changed? Is it more important for the protection, or is it more important uh, to pay l- uh, less taxes because the law has changed? Where, you know, you know, the IRS basically said. Uh, uh, we want you to save retirement for your kids. We don't want to make them wealthy. We want our money now. And so anyway, people don't usually ask about those questions about the IRAs, but it seems like they get uh, confused by a lot of the different things and the options that are available. We just ask people what they want to know, and I never know uh, what they're going to ask. On the one that we had on March the 1st, uh, they uh, it was mostly about estate planning and the one before that, we do these workshops every two to three weeks generally, uh, was mostly about Medicaid. And so we never know what people are going to ask. Uh, and then we just, that, that's what makes each workshop unique. And in fact, we've had uh, on this last one, we had a couple people who had been in prior workshops. They just like listening to it uh, and learning uh, like the listeners are here today uh, to know more about planning options to protect their loved ones the way they want and to save as much for them uh, as possible and makes it as easy for them as possible, whether they're either disabled or, or if they upon their death. Uh, so um, we ask people what they want to know, and then uh, if they do go to that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop where we ask people what they want to know and we do give a presentation, then uh, then we also give the option for a free one-hour vision meeting, which is also um, without any obligation. We just kind of look at your individual situation if we didn't go enough detail for you at the workshop. And a lot of times people, uh, you know, we answer their questions, but they have more questions or they want to make sure that their plan that they have is the way they like. And we go over that and see if it, what, you know, if there's something else that they should consider or they don't want to do anything else, that's fine. Go on. It's no obligation. We just ask people and what they want to know and what their goals are and see if their goals are being met. To go to that free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at Dallas Elder. E-L-D-E-R-Lawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. That workshop is Tuesday, March the 22nd at 1 o'clock. Don't assume anything when it comes to your IRA or state planning or anything. Attend that next workshop by dialing 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, we thank you, sir. 
Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free Estate Planning Essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.